Blake Law of Blake Law Studios, and you are listening to Fluffy D.O.G., a 40K lore podcast. Make sure to check out and support us at Blake Law Studios' Patreon page. Hello and welcome to Fluffy D.O.G., the home of the fluffiest furballs in all of 40K. Now, what is this show? This is a show where Blake and Brad get together twice a month. You've already been listening at this point, so you kind of have an idea. We're going to get a bunch of different players who you may know throughout the community, and we're going to talk to them on their thoughts on lore, their thoughts on their favorite facts here. We're going to ask them questions, the hard-hitting questions, such as, who's your favorite character? What got you in the game? What's your favorite moment for this faction? We're going to deep dive into all those things, and we're going to just bring back the love of the game, the heartache of the game. We're going to step away from the competitive this for a little bit. We're going to talk some straight-up lore. Now, this week, what we are going to go into is the Black Legion, everyone's favorite people to hate or love. Who knows? We're going to dig into a little bit of Abaddon. We're going to talk a little bit about Chaos Space Marines, and we're bringing in one of my favorite guests. He is someone who I always enjoy to chat to, Mr. Wyatt Turk. How you doing, Wyatt? Good. What's up, guys? And you are a notorious Chaos Space Marine player. You've brought a bunch of beautifully painted armies of every variety. Every time I see you, you're playing a different beautifully painted army. So I'm excited to talk to you about this. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. I love my uh, Chaos Space Marine lore. And Brad, you can't talk yet. Brad, you can't talk yet because I haven't... um, You haven't introduced me? I don't exist yet? My bad. um, Hold on. I'm back in the war. Back in the war. Now, everyone's favorite champion of lore. He is known exclusively for lore, nothing else. Mr. Brad Chester. Now I'm back in. This is also my first army. 20... First army? First army. My first army was Chaos. First thing I ever started playing with. The first armies, the first models I ever got was, and I, I'm going to tell this story because I'm so angry with them because I have a double story on it. In the fluff, Chaos Terminators show up. People lose their minds. Everybody starts running. So I bought five Chaos Terminators. I had never modeled anything before. I'm sitting at the game store, and I pulled the box out, and everybody in the game store is just kind of staring at me. And I'm like, why is everybody sitting looking at me? And they're like, just open the box, man. I opened the box expecting five Terminators to fall out of the box, and sprues fell out of the boxes. And I'm like, what is going on? This isn't models. Mm -hmm. So, And then... My buddy Sniggs grabs them from me and goes, got it. Puts them together. I put them on the board, and this is the beginning of third edition, and they got shot by guardsmen with plasma plasma guns and immediately died first turn of my first game. And I was like, Brad, I haven't got to say this in a while, so I want to I wanna just bring this out. That, that wasn't the first time you'd modeled, because um, I haven't said it in a while, but you modeled your junk before that under the codename <laughs> Stallion. <laughs> I didn't use any glue or anything, so I just don't. I uh, love it. The I'm excited for it. You know what? We're gonna. I'm gonna. Get, I'm gonna throw another quarter into the, the jar and do a deep dive. I'm gonna start us off swinging, going hot, bringing the heat. Brad, and you were you were doing a deep dive, starting us off on a deep dive. So yep. let's start back there. I can I can use what we had. Can do. So we're. I'm gonna start us off hot. Start us off hot and spicy even the deep dive put the quarter in the jar why quarter in the jar baby what what about the black legion immediately drew you in give me some stories give me some some of the reasons that it drew you into that that what drew you into that into the 13th or the sorry the 13th the black legion the 16th legion i mean first and foremost they're just iconic black and gold i mean like you you look at the black legion um and it's hard to have 
a bad looking black legion army on the table got a clean black some clean gold trim on everything it's just it looks so nice and then beyond that i mean like they're the ogs right like they are the chaos space marines when you think of chaos space marines so even though uh i personally tend to skew playing other legions you always go back to the black legion like they have the best characters they have the most fleshed out stories um and they're the sons of horus so you have like that whole history going back into the horus heresy of being like the guys yeah i mean they were the war masters legion the little wolves the sons of horus now the black legion and they're effectively that's what brought me originally was that when i thought chaos this was what you actually played. And for a while, this is actually what you played. The rest of the, the legions in the beginning of the game were just parts of the fact that the Black Legion had a little bit of everything because of the fact that they had united the tribes of, you know, to get them in the Horus Heresy in the first place. So the Black Legion had access to everyone in the story. So you were able to get all four gods, you had different interactions going on, which made it like really interesting. This is what I'll say. This was my first army. So I was really excited when they came out, when Chaos. I just read the second edition books, Codex Chaos, and loved everything about the Horus Heresy. The fact that Abaddon was just, hey man, I'm bringing the heat and I'm going to do it forever. I, I have never ending hatred, literally hatred eternal. I will never stop. You're like that dude is gonna, he's not gonna let this drop. He's letting the dwarves know that he's he's got his own book of grudges. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah. So. I'll tell you, Brad, I uh one thing I wanted to mention before we got going is since you have done this show with me and kind of talked about old codices, I've actually gone to stores and bought like every old codex I had just to read the lore. Oh, they're so good. I, you know, and that's what we talk about this at the end. We'll talk about it again of just where to go for this lore. I can't stress enough. There's so much good chaos lore out there, starting from the beginning of the game. I love some of the old, old lore. I get the old, some second of the first books I ever bought off the shelf were the Index Astartes. Remember those, like the, yep. they were only maybe like quarter of an inch thick, almost like a hardback magazine. But they had like all the original chaos guys and some the the iconic artwork. Like all the artwork is downhill after like fourth and fifth edition. Those that was the best. They had some great stuff. They I mean they had tons of artists. They they I mean, they still have guys that are doing some things. But like it's a big thing on that just to go. Hey man, where you're going? We're going into that giant hole in the sky. That's where I'm gonna live now. I mean, the, one of the things that really draws me to. Uh, all of chaos, but like specifically the uh, the Black Legion on this is like this isn't like for the Marines and the Imperium and stuff like that. This is stuff that's you know ancient history. This is lore, things that people don't even know if it's true. Obviously, well, they, and a lot of them don't know because they will exterminate us the planet before the let chaos there. But like these are some of the original guys that were on the ships that took place in the the siege of terra which is the basis of the game you know is that horus heresy and these are guys that were there this is the ultimate og as far as that i mean this is a big deal on that <clears throat> I'll, I'll i'll open the floor to either white or or uh, brad on this one for those for someone listening who knows absolutely nothing about Black Legion, what is your two minute synopsis to get us caught up and get us going into the lore? Give us a little bit of background on them. 
Hit it with some sweat. So the Black Legion started off as first the Luna Wolves, which was one of the original Astartes uh, uh, legions during the Unification Wars, and then into the Great Crusade back during the, the before times, right? And then when their Primarch Horus was elevated to the position of War Master, they were allowed to change their name and their uh, heraldry, the colors of their armor and all that stuff, so they became the Sons of Horus. And then as the heresy happened and then developed into the Siege of Terra, and then the drawback from Terra into the Eye of Terror, the Sons of Horus were put down rather brutally during the Legion Wars, which is a really interesting part of the the 40k history, uh, because all the other legions were like, you got us into this, and ah, and like they fought each other for a long time, and their all of their wrath was focused on the Sons of Horus, and they they decimated them, and then eventually Abaddon came back, and he was like, well. All you guys don't know how to run this. Like I am, I'm the guy. So, through a series of events, he reforged the disparate sons of Horus into the Black Legion, and started kind of gobbling up these these war bands. It was like, well, you know, you say you're the chosen of chaos, but actually it's me. So, you know, like I'm going to take you down, and all your guys are coming with me. And then they forged this new brotherhood. Um, I forget the exact words, but it's like in, in black and gold reforged or something from the uh, from the novel. But that's kind of how the Black Legion came to be. And it was all on this idea of like, I can get us back into the long war. Like I can get us back into doing what we're supposed to do rather than kind of sitting on our butts here in the eye of terror, like squabbling till eternity. Which is a big deal on that because he's the only one that had... Abaddon, I mean, the thing is, we'll go back to him just a lot, because you can't talk about the Black Legion if you don't talk about Abaddon. He's the only one leading his 13 Black Crusades that he's run, which we'll talk about. But he's the only person that's been able to grab other legions, other Primarchs, and he's not a Primarch. He's he's as PED'd up as you can get with without being a Primarch right now. But he's got the support of all, all four gods, and he's had other legions underneath him differently for all of his 13 crusades on that and the current one you know the one that blew up cadia that seems that seems pretty legit at that point in time but he was the only person that was able to through literal force of will get these disparate groups that were just fighting each other 100 on that line which is just they were just murdering each other and he's like nah we're gonna you gotta turn that let you hate out <laughs> Let's, we're gonna go this way turn your hate into sorrow yeah What's a big deal in that, man? He was, he, you could bring, and that's one of the reasons why Black Legion is so awesome is that you can bring pretty much anything, especially on the table. You can put whatever you want on that. Odin, Ezekiel Abaddon says you can bring anything you want from demons to whatever uh, cult troops you want, things of that nature, because of the fact that he's worked with pretty much everybody and he's still got if you want to talk about super og he's still riding around in horus's flagship yeah i mean he's got the vengeful spirit he's what's the name of that flagship again uh vengeful spirit vengeful spirit that's right that's where uh they had the final battle of horse heresy no spoilers right isn't that where the where <laughs> no <all> spoilers <laughs> yeah, ancient history yeah, yeah. spoilers for something that happened ten thousand years ago <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. We moved the timeline ahead. It actually is 11,000 now. <laughs> We're, oh, right. Yeah. You know, the calendar's off. Yeah, the calendar's Are we really? Yeah. What, we, moved what? His, we moved the storyline quite a bit. 
And and that's one of the other reasons that Black Legion is still super relevant on that is we're now progressing. Abaddon has been doing all kinds of shenanigan background back dealing, backroom dealings to get moving forward with this. He was involved in the Coral Engine story or Aground smashed it, but they he's been doing a smash Cadia. Cadia does not stand. Sorry, guard guys. It, it is pretty gone. He got pretty annoyed that that was standing in the way of the Eye of Terror and pretty much just went, yeah, this is Dunsky's. So, and he's basically organized the arcs of Omen, which are, they went, you know, Space Hulks, those are big. How about we do something even larger? And pushed it out. I mean, there's some real crazy stuff. I'm excited about the storyline right now. How have you thought with how Black Legion's doing right now in the in the lore? I mean, it seems like they're doing gangbusters. I mean, like, so they had the the final Black Crusade, and then they destroyed Cadia, which secretly for all this time had these ancient um like pillars these these edifices that had been there since time immemorial and it turns out those were what was holding the eye of terror back like those on a, in a number of other worlds and that was his grand plan this entire time every black crusade in some small way was to get to one of these areas and destroy those things and cadia was the last one so when they destroyed cadia uh it ripped open the eye of terror which created the um a rift. Yeah, the giant rift that cut the galaxy in half, right? And so chaos is abundant, it is strong. And then he most recently with the Arx Omen, he linked up with the 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 arms dealer of chaos with Vashtor, and they created these super weapons in the Arcs of Omen, and they're searching for this uh old or what are they, the ancient ones, old ones, the the, like the elder gods that created the universe, right? They're searching for this weapon that they used during the the war in heaven millions of years ago. Try oh, to find it. The old ones. Cool episode. The old ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's uh, that's gonna be a, a fun episode. That's gonna just make a little note there that the war in heaven's gonna be awesome. The war in heaven's it's amazing. But the and the thing is, is he's looking for basically galaxy ending tech or universe ending tech. To be honest with you, so. Abaddon's just he's they're finally pushing that. I love the fact that the Black Legions at the beginning are just the, the forefront, basically, the harbingers of it. Because we we had the same the same storyline going for a very long time. And now they push that forward. I think it's very exciting. So that's a big deal on that. Does the does the new edition because I, I haven't been playing 40k again through a new edition. I quit in fifth, you know, and came back in ninth. So does the storyline carry over? Are they going to do like additional like stuff off the Ark's Nomen and stuff, or is it kind of do like a Marvel reset? No, it keeps going. No, that's all one timeline. Hundred percent. That that's why it's so exciting for me. Is this timeline has pushed the all basically every season of if you play competitively, if you played in match play, uh, every one of the books that we've got has moved the storyline ahead since we had Nephilim, the Arcs of Omen, all of that has been different war zones and things that have happened uh, in the, in that particular zone, uh, what was going on. So we've really, we've actually pushed the storyline ahead quite a bit and it's one continuous storyline. They haven't really, there's been retcons throughout the years, but like this has been pretty, Pretty nice. As far as the storyline goes, you can talk about uh, how you feel about the game basically being whatever state you want to say it's in. But as far as the lore, I think the lore is probably the best it's ever been 
because they've kept all the old things sacred set and moved the the timeline forward and kept all these really big name characters and stuff like that and had that very integral in moving the storyline forward. Yeah, it's been really exciting because for so long it was sort of everything happened either during like the the 12th, 13th Black Crusade or happened like sometime before that, right? And that's why if you remember a lot of the old novels, uh, they would always have like these kind of like star dates sort of things. It was like, oh, this is this is what it happened. Um, even like the the Cyphus Kane novels, it was all like leading up to him writing his memoirs as an old man, like right before um, you know, M49 of the last, like the year right before the 13th Black Crusade. Everything right. had to happen before that because they didn't want to push the the right. war forward. And then now finally we got like the Indomitus Crusade. Um, and that was a couple of hundred years forward. And um, with all of these war zone books with these kind of like self-contained little uh, flashpoints of lore going on along the singular timeline, it's really exciting. And it's nice because we brought a lot of the big hitters back. We've got Angram back. We got Martarian back. We've got Magnus back. We've got all these people doing stuff. And then you've got, again, you've got Abaddon. We keep going back to him because we're talking about Black Legion. But Abaddon's always effectively pulling the strings of what's what's happening In if you're talking about where chaos is moving forward. He's just constantly wheeling and dealing in the background, fighting in the forefront, but like literally doing backroom deals with every other chaos faction, trying to figure out what's going on. The Vashtor talking about super sketch stuff. <laughs> you got Vashtor yeah. and Abaddon. Like nothing, if you're the third person in that meeting, you some ter- something terrible is going to happen to you at that point in time. You're like, hey man, I was just in my meeting with Abaddon and Vashtor. Yeah. You're like, I-, I don't think this is going to turn out super great for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. The, as someone as someone who just recently kind of got into the lore, because I've kind of picked up bits and pieces, but obviously this show and kind of um, things we're doing are kind of making me read a lot more lore. I didn't even realize, had no idea that the seasons of competitive play were pushing the lore forward. Oh, yeah, man. Like in a great way, too. I love that one might be my favorite thing right now that we have in 40K is the fact that we're pushing the story forward. I've been playing since uh, for 23 years now. So we we had some great lore. So that's where I got into the game. So I'm so excited about the game, the lore in the community. But we, we got into that. This is the timeline no no really further we had sidesteps of you know extra things that they put in but we didn't add and now we're pushing that timeline forward and i i think it's very exciting and they've done some really great stuff so you can play those legion and that's why stuff's like playing things like the black legion are so excited because you can feel your favorite shit from yesterday but you can also feel super cool stuff from today be it new demon engines new other things that they keep adding uh that they're moving the story forward like what you know i'm gonna go with it i'll go with my the first of my many questions on that what's your favorite unit and in that you can put in black legion army and why give me some some background oh so lord of skulls obviously you you know like Giant, giant robots with with guns, um, and at heart, I I am a corn fanatic, um, but also like I'm I'm just a big robot guy. I think they're cool. 
So my always go-to is like Lord of Skulls. That's my favorite. Um, aside from character units and things of that nature, uh, I had a great run with Lord of Skulls uh, for the last couple of years. They've been just super fun to play on the table, even when they're not any good. It's always fun to play giant Rock'em Sock'em robots on the table. Um, Runner-up has got to be at the Decimator. It's my favorite demon engine. I think they're super cool. What is the lore behind those kind of like, tell me, tell me kind of what, where they come from and the, like where they fit and like Abaddon's plan to do what he's doing and how they make them. Well, kind of like all of the demon engines, they are a contraption of, you know, uh, mechanics and metal and machinery that has been possessed by a demon spirit. So the, uh, they recently, I guess, a few years at this point, they added in the master of possession as one of the core CSM character units. And that's kind of their whole thing is they do these summoning rituals and they summon this, the, the souls of demons into these, uh, you know, amalgamations of flesh and iron and machinery to create demon engines. And decimators are kind of like the alternative dreadnought. Right. So like we have we have dreadnoughts, we have the Hellbrute, right, which is the more chaosified version. And then you have the decimator, because there's not a space marine inside the decimator. Um, and so they they mash together circuitry, metal, machinery, flesh of different types. Uh the decimator models are super cool because you can see um like the souls of the dam sort of like peeking out between all the wires, and sometimes there's like grasping little hands coming out between stuff because they've just shoved people and muscle and machinery all into this one thing and possessed it with the soul of a demon. Then it stomps around and does things. And one of the reasons I like them is because they're so versatile and they have this uh, kind of old school look, right? So you remember kind of back in the day where everything was very like hunched with like really high shoulders and sometimes yeah. like somebody's head would literally be like in their sternum. Right, because it was wacky and weird, and that's what the decimator is. It's got these giant, preposterous shoulder pads. Um, its head is like right in the middle of its chest. It's got this reactor that has to be like chained shut. Like on the model, it has these chains looped over the the access panel because they don't want all the demon souls escaping from it because oh, it's so radical stuffed in there. Um, and they just have a wide array of war gear. It can kind of do anything. Like it's got claws. So it can be uh, like a punchy guy and charge in there and tear things up. It's got different things like laser arrays. And then the best one is the soul burners where it shoots out these like soul rending balls of fire that just, you know, kill you from the inside out. That does feel very chaos. And I think, I think you're right. Like when you talk quintessential things, like you can always have like a chaos space Marine. You're like, Oh yeah, they're, they're the bad, they're the big bad dudes, the fallen space Marines, all that. But Nothing beats having a chunk of metal that has a soul of a demon in it. Like, that just feels very chaos. If you want to go full on, though, we skipped over when you said your favorite. The Lord of Skulls literally has a bloodthirster trapped inside of it. Yep. <laughs> and, and they're so powerful that they effectively get worshipped by other demons. So they'll have a posse of other lesser corn demons. And while technically they are bound into it and some of the demons rebel on that others in some of the storylines um have actually just considered it 
their armor so they can actually wreak more havoc now that they're fully armored up in these. Because we've had uh, multiple books come out because um, we had uh, the Butcher Horde on the planet. Uh, that was a couple different guys. You had Azagor and a couple others that are all inside um, Lord of Skulls. And they have effectively a horde of demons behind them because they're actually pushing. If you've seen the, the lore for like with the Coral Engine stuff like that, you get X amount of demonic power and it opens up almost a wake of the ability for more demons to come follow through that bigger war presence. And I love that in the books. I wish they would do that more in the game itself. They're trying a little bit, what looks like to be a 10th uh, with the rules for uh, Shadows of Chaos. So, which is kind of cool, but like- Oh yeah, the Shadows of Chaos rules really neat. Oh, huge, fantastic. I love the way that they're doing it because that's the way in the books. When you look in the lore, be it the codex, be it the novels and things of that nature, they actually get a critical mass of whatever you're, whatever, demon uh chaos lord you're trying to, or chaos god you're trying to follow be a crazy excess for slanesh be it murder and stuff you have to get that that death count for instance for corn you get a critical mass of like fighting and killing and everything else and you're able to summon more and more of the demons because of that that violence that chaos that's going on and then you get these so powerful entities like the Lord of Skulls that are so powerful that they literally make a wake that other demons can come and also take part in the battle because they're so strong. And that's, I love that shit in the books. Like it's so hardcore because you have, you know, these just powerful presences, these personalities that are so big that they've made all of these people that, again, they come from chaos, which means doing anything ever. And you, force these things through just literally force of will to continue to go exactly where you want them to go as opposed to haphazardly going everywhere. Yeah, I'm not thinking chaos is a is a battle of wills because I mean like, you can summon a demon, but how yeah. that's gonna go uh, is, is up in the air. <laughs> I'm gonna break the format of the show a little bit, Brad. I want to talk about something that I think is key, this cornerstone of this episode, which is we talked about Black Legion. We kind of touched on Abaddon, but I want to know both of yours favorite moment where Abaddon's involved in the lore. I'll start with you, White. I have I have two, and they're they're both kind of small. Um, one is one is an actiony kind of scene, right? And in the Black Legion duology of books by Aaron Dimsky Bowden, which is kind of like how the Black Legion was formed. It's really interesting set of books super fun um but they get to a point where they get back to real space like it all culminates into we're launching the crusade we're launching the long war and we're going back to real space and they are met completely by surprise with an entire armada of black templars warships just chilling because the black templars are the one guys that were like they're they're gonna be back like Chaos is not gone. They will be back, and we're going to take it upon ourselves to watch the gate, which is the Eye of Terra. And, you know, who else but Sigismund himself is there, just like old, too angry to die this whole time. He has continued on for thousands of years um, watching Vigil, and he they meet there, Abaddon and Sigismund again. And the only time they've seen each other before was the Siege of Terra. Siege of Terra. And so they have this sort of like 
uh, you know, Hector versus Achilles duel for the ages because like their, their pride and ego and everything else, like can't uh, fathom anything else. And they duel. And I won't spoil how it goes, but that is like one of my all time favorite, like duels in 40 K is like the rematch between Abaddon and Sigismund. Um, and then like uh, the smaller one, which is kind of, it, it adds like humanity to Abaddon because I feel that like in fiction and media, you need more than just I'm evil twirl my mustache. Wow. Like to make an <laughs> interesting villain, right? Like Abaddon is interesting because he's three dimensional. And I remember I can't even place exactly like what publication it was in, but there's a, a small story where uh, he meets Huron Blackheart on the, the bridge of the vengeful spirit. And it's basically like, it's like a negotiation because uh, Abaddon like wants something from Huron and Huron wants something from Abaddon and they meet. And the first thing Abaddon does when Huron shows up is he offers him like a glass of wine like this. So he is the war master, but at the same time, he's not like a savage. He's not, a barbarian he's not like lost his mind you know like he's still enough of this like sophisticated old idea of what an astartes general should be that he just like sits in his war room drinking wine while he plans the destruction of humanity <laughs> i actually love that that's that's brad chester brad's abaddon i it's so funny that you say that because my thing is not one single thing. It's just what he's known for. There's tons of stories of it. Abaddon literally Kaiser Soze's everybody. He's <laughs> just suspects. It, it's considered like basically insane to betray Abaddon in a deal because anybody he thinks is wronged him, he ruins them. He literally kills everything about them. He's been known to try to stamp out people's names from history that have done shit to him, not just kill them, make them just not exist, which you can kind of do with chaos sorcery. But like he, like when he first came back, he went on his like vision quest after the Horus Heresy. And when he came back, he basically went and they were just fighting each other. And Abaddon went captain to captain and started killing off everybody from the Sons of Horus that he felt was just completely didn't do what they were supposed to. And then gave effectively the 300 speech or any of it put in speech. And that's when they scorched their armor black and everybody became the Black Legion. And that's just badass. He's he's had some like hardcore moments because why you said it perfectly. They just give it like you're evil, like but like this dude has literally gotten people that have completely not even just super far apart, like actually diametrically opposed, diametric you know opposites. And when you're talking about opposites and chaos, you're talking actual complete opposites with nothing. He's made these people come together. And there's so many stories about that that it's super crazy. Uh, I mean, the thing was, he was he was a badass before all this shit. Before he was super chaos, he was still in the Mournival. He was crazy hardcore even then. Like before he was the war master of chaos, he was just a bad dude in the Sun's Forest. 
Yeah, and he was the first captain for uh, quite a while. And I mean, like you, you do bring up a great point. Um, he is the unifier, right? Like the first, like the three founding members of the Ezekarion, which is like his personal Mournival, right? Because Abaddon was part of Horus's inner circle, his his first captain, his advisor. That and those guys were. The Mournable. So he has his own, but he doesn't want to call it that because he, he kind of hates Horus at this point. Like af- after the Siege of Terra and like everything else went down, like during his what I like to call the Moonshine era, uh, <laughs> uh, he created his own thing and it's called the Ezekarion after himself because of his ego. And the first three members were not even sons of Horus. It was a thousand son, a world eater, and an emperor's children. Yeah. And he's got some crazy stuff. I mean, what am I? I'm going to give you a story. I know we've only talked about having all this other stuff we could go on to, but he's such a huge character to talk about. But one of my favorites, and I messaged you guys about this, is the fact that they have just an endless supply of red shirts because Abaddon's wrath is just known to be crazy. So they have just guys that apparently his guys kill because he has a bodyguard of terminators that are psychically psychically linked to him so they know what he basically his mood so if he's pissed about something they'll just stab a red shirt on the bridge basically you're like all right i got my shit back together guys i just i just needed to murder someone because i'm so angry about some shit that happened it's always my favorite is when he goes into negotiations and he'll start to get pissy and all of a sudden you'll see Lightning claws slowly start to unsheath out of his uh, his red new bodyguard, and you're like, "Okay, we should back this up a little bit." You're like, "Yeah, I don't want to be murdered by those guys." What is the what is the 40k um, role play game? Dark, um, you know, what I'm talking about the it's like D and D, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah like dark, dark heresy. I think dark heresy, dark heresy. Yeah. I want to I want to play that, and I want to have me and like three friends be red shirts, and you basically go through the game, and you're the final. The final thing is this: Abaddon kills you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've been playing for three years, guy. Here's the moment. And you know, it's it's funny because like I just love the fact that he's been everywhere. You know what I mean? It's it's almost like you do it and you look back at the Emperor because he was a, an Eternal, so he was around for forever and all these things of human history. Well, all of 40k history, Abaddon has been there for all of it, from the Great Crusades leading out, the Unification Wars, you know, his his Crusades coming, his Black Crusades coming back at the Imperium. So, like, he's the, the person that ties in anything that you want to talk about. So it's a big deal on that. It's he he's fantastic on that. You know, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna zoom us on. I'm gonna go into a unit now. And we talked about your favorite units on that. When you look at a black legion, you're gonna put chaos on the board right now. What is a must-have unit and why? For it doesn't have to be a powerful unit. Just like what is when you look at the board and you look at a black legion army, what unit is the unit that says Okay, you know it's the must-have. It's the 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 keystone uh, of an army. Doesn't have to be the best unit, but just lore-wise for you, what says oh, this is a chaos army? It's got to be legionnaires. I mean, if we're talking Black Legion, like it's got to be a legionnaires. Like you have to have the backbone of your army beat those guys because. Um, you know, you can look at a bunch of different types of, of legions, right? Um, and like some guys 
like the word barriers, they might have more like possessed and the iron warriors might have more uh, like havocs or obliterators. But if we're talking like iconic, when you, you, you know it, when you see it kind of association, it's gotta be the, you know, veterans, the long war, the legionnaires in the black and gold. Damn. I'll give you that. It's just, it's one of those things that does disappoint me. I hope we have it in the tenth edition because I first started playing. You could make so many different versions of chaos in like third, three point five, fourth edition black book for for all those OG chaos players. I love the idea that every war band was different, and that's one of the things that brought me that made me like the Black Legion because it it was just these these war leaders that were underneath Abaddon, you know what I mean, that came. But you, everybody had their own warlord that was bringing those things that they forced to fight underneath them. And you had these units that were wildly different because that was one of the things that unlike, you know, the just straight Marines who, you know, showed up kind of cookie cutter build, all the cast guys were these disparate uh, loaded with different weapons and different ways that they do things. So I love that, like a ton, to be honest with you. We talked about it a little bit, and you have a podcast actually that's named after it. Uh, why? We'll we'll get to that at the end. I want you to definitely give us a little <laughs> bit about your podcast and all that. But what is a long war? It is the never-ending struggle against the tyranny of the Imperium, against the ignorance and slavery that the emperor has placed upon humanity. Perfect. Well, sums. And so Abaddon's trying to get this, keep pushing the long war and ultimately try to achieve victory in it. Yeah. And I mean, like everybody has kind of their own idea of what chaos is and like why they pledge themselves to the banner of chaos and like what they're, what they're fighting for. But really Abaddon sees it as like the the next step in human evolution or sort of like the mantle of rulers of the galaxy, right? Like one of the main reasons that um, they were so upset with the emperor is for kind of keeping this from them, the like keeping the power of chaos from them because they feel like it's their, it's their right as like conquerors of the stars. And so chaos for them is not only like the power to rule and like seize their destiny, um, but also it's freedom because the Imperium as it is today is just like, it's oppressive and um, it's just like this, this dogmatic, worship of this guy who's a pathological liar like you know even during the the golden era of the imperium nobody even knew what the guy looked like because like you couldn't even you couldn't look at him in his true form or his quote-unquote true form because he wouldn't show it to anybody and so the emperor was whatever anybody wanted to see which is just you know a lie everything was a lie and so giving yourself to chaos is like the ultimate freedom that these guys have I love that. I, too. I like that a lot. Yeah, that was good. We said and the same thing, basically. Well, that's one of the things. That's the whole reason that they, they get convinced uh, to turn in the first place. That was That's the Horace thing, though, that he was basically saying that everything was a lie, and that's what got all a lot of these legions to turn. 
was basically, hey man, this isn't what we signed. This isn't what we signed up for. Obviously, it's funded a little bit different, but we've got some serious stuff. And now you've got all the uh, chosen, chosen of Abaddon. It's pretty badass. We've got a lot of named characters in that. And you, what, what, when did you start playing, Wyatt? How long? Oh, uh, two. So that's a little over. Yeah, like a year over to so 20, 20 years and some change. Yeah. So, like, I love, if you look in the lore, there is, it, it, they always did it a little bit dirty. You could make Chosen, cho- one of my favorite units has always been Chosen. And in the game, they could have different loadouts and weapons and things of like that. But in, like, in the lore, the Chosen, especially the it's Chosen of Chaos, but they have Chosen of Abaddon specifically for a lot of the Black Legion. These are all people that are almost Chaos Lords in and of themselves that have done all these crazy accomplishments and deeds and stuff. You've got guys that ended up being giant Chaos Lords like uh, Larsus and people like that. that. But I love the idea of these basically all-star teams that they put together in a unit and I always thought they didn't do, they did them a little dirty because when you read about them, it's just these like super hardcore, again, guys that have been around for 10,000 years that have accomplished all these things. They are like crazy MVPs all in the same thing, all-star teams. So I love that in chaos. I, I don't know. I just, I get drawn to the fact that you have these guys that have, you know, I feel like they're doing the Danny Glover of I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> yeah. Like they got some they got some years on them. And there's also something to be said that like these guys, they're the originals. Like they're the purest expression of what the Astartes were supposed to be. And then like, yeah, they they turned to chaos and you know, spending time in the the eye of terror for so many years has changed a lot of them irrevocably. But it's almost uh, apt to say that, like, before the Primaris Marines, um, the modern-day Space Marines were kind of like a Xerox of a Xerox of a Xerox. You know what I mean? We're, like, over... Like, they, they are Astartes, and they are superhuman, but they're not at the same level, right? Like, they're not at the purity and, like, the... Uh, like, these guys, the veterans of the long war, they were, like, handcrafted by the Emperor himself, to go fight the great crusade right and not only that the great crusade was like centuries long so most of these guys are veterans of that and then they made it through the siege of terra which was like the greatest attrition rate of any war ever fought (laughs) ever right (laughs) and then they made it through the legion wars which was even more nasty and brutal and and now they're here right especially if we're talking like Right, right this second in the current lore of 40k, uh, centuries removed from the 13th Black Crusade, like they're still around. So, like, not only are they a superior version of an Astartes from you know the firstborn space marines, as they're called now, but they have the thousands of years of experience that these guys just don't have. Yeah, it's pretty radical. What's awesome in the lore, it's hard to do in the game because obviously you have to point these guys out and things and make game balance. But like, man, I just remember you you read and for everybody that hasn't, I love the fact that you said you got a lot of these old books 
play. But you can get a lot of these things on the cheap, the old codexes and things of that nature. They have such great fluff. The second edition books were like crazy great. The worlds were jacked at the time, but the lore itself was fantastic. And they really get into the the what what these guys have done and the kind of the why though is the biggest deal again talking about that whole betrayer where you get the line of death of the false emperor so i mean that was literally the chaos chant for forever so i i think that when you're looking at that you have to really look at those those units i like the fact that you chose the legionaries she's your go-to on that so <laughs> excuse me now with that is there anybody besides Abaddon who's your go-to chaos character? I don't even care if it's Black Legion at this point in time, but I want to really go to it though. Because uh, it's got to be, it's got to be Iskandar Kaon. Like he's, with it. he's the super cool. I mean, like so this guy. For those of you who haven't heard of him before, he's not a on the tabletop character, right? Because um, other than that one dude, they made up for Blackstone Fortress, and we have like Harkin World Claimer. Like that's our tabletop character but Iskandar Kaon is from the Town of Horus and the Black Legion duology of books and he's like the guy who other than Abaddon himself is most responsible for the creation of the Black Legion and he's a really interesting dude because uh, he's a Thousand Sun sorcerer and um, I won't go into like all of his personal accolades but uh, his story kind of picks up post legion wars so he's like we kind of meet him and he's he's like a mercenary like he just kind of goes around in the eye of terror he has his own cruiser and his own crew and um he just like farms himself out for the the most coin in the eye of terror and then through a series of events he kind of ends up going on this quest to find abaddon because at the time uh post legion war and the fall of the fortress world that the black legion were controlling um abaddon kind of just took the vengeful spirit and like you know fucked off to who knows where he's been missing ever since and so this uh this other character kyber he's like we got to go find abaddon and we got to reunite everybody and we got to fix you know what's broken and so uh Kaon goes off with this other guy to find Abaddon and figure out where he's been. And he becomes one of the founding members of the Azakarian. He is like the sorcerer for the Black Legion. And he's also the herald of the Black Legion. So during the First Crusade, um, the Imperium is kind of like, they don't know what's happening. Like they've, they've been taken completely by surprise. Um, kind of like you mentioned earlier, for the most part at the time, the Imperium is like the chaos stuff is mythology like it's it's ancient history we don't we don't deal with that like it hasn't been seen in you know however many thousands of years like that threat is gone and over with and then eventually like they do come back and they come back pretty <laughs> strong and um those books are from the perspective of Kaon speaking to um one of the first inquisitors and it's like his personal account of how all this happened. And it all leads up to, and I won't spoil the books, but it all leads up to this one point where he's like, oh, by the way, like I was always meant to be here and tell you this story. And if like 
the clock that I've been keeping in my head is accurate, you're going to be seeing Abaddon real soon because he's come, he's my ride. He's come to pick me up. I always like when Abaddon's my personal ride. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about lore going in. Now, where we, I, the funny thing is, I don't know what we're releasing this. It'll be real close to tenth edition, but getting ready for tenth edition. What are you most excited about, chaos-wise? And what are you painting out? What are you getting ready? Without even knowing all the rules, what are you what are you getting ready for? Just what you've seen so far. Um, so I'm really excited, just in general, for a lot of things. Um, I'm one of those guys with chaos where I've been there in the lean times, and I've been there in like the full times. Hold on, uh, fighting fighting that long war. Always. So, like, I have a really, really big chaos collection, and so the only thing that I'm really working on right now is um, I've got Vashtor, and um, I know it's been a while since he came out, but I've had some some health stuff that I won't go into that's kept me from hobbying, but he's something that I want to work on. I think he's a really cool guy, and I know people weren't super excited about him for his current set of rules, but I have high hopes his model his though, is nuts. Plus, his his lore is crazy. So he's cool. he's on the cusp of becoming a god. Yeah, he he's is. he's like this wacky eccentric arms dealer, <laughs> and that's like his. He's like you know, I don't conquer, I don't uh, enslave. I just like make stuff and I sell guns. And he's like like the Rick Sanchez of chaos. <laughs> I love him. He's, he's so much fun. Uh, so I've got him and um, I'm also working on some world leader stuff. So like Angron came back and that's a really big deal for me. Um, but as far as like regular CSM stuff goes, I've got like a million things. Uh, I'm, I'm always a Demon engines are like my my love. I really, really like demon engines. Which is so, the best time to be because they've really started to push the demon engine forward, especially in the lore. In the lore right now, we have all of these different, with Vashtor, with uh, the mops, the master possessions, all those guys coming back. In the game and in the lore, you have more more of these demon engines because they're basically binding more and more things to push forward this, especially now that we tore the galaxy in half with the rift. Are you um so are you more of an Iron Warriors player then? Is that kind of your your go-to? Yeah. No, I'm not really an Iron Warriors guy. Um the uh, army that I was playing, like the last time I saw Brad at a tournament was Red Corsairs. Like I really, ah, really like the Red nice. Corsairs. Um got a bunch of Black Legion stuff. Um I think, you know, I say I'm a C- I have a CSM army, but like what I really have is like five CSM armies. I was just gonna say that Legion, you have so much world leaders, Death Guard, Red Corsairs, like got a bunch. Can we uh, can we cut into a little Red Corsairs? Give us a little taste of what their lore's like, because that's probably oh. not something we're gonna single out anytime yeah. soon. So I mean, I know people, if you don't see the recording, I'm wearing my my brand yeah. a pirate skull atop the Jack the Clubs logo. But yeah, Red Corsairs are space pirates, dude. Like you're on, you're I, I feel like guard. I shouldn't have to say any more than that, but like they are <laughs> the space pirates. Like they're a they they were the uh what Celestial Lions, right? Is that their name? It's funny, Astral Claws. Yeah, Astral Claws. I, I literally was looking it up real quick because I couldn't remember off the top of my head. I'm like, yeah. hold on. 
I don't think about those too much, but yeah. So like they, they were a um, space Marine chapter that had stewardship of the bad, bad system, Badab or bad However you want to say it. And basically they kind of got left in the cold by the Imperium for a long time. And they had to go war after war after war with like no resupply, um, no materials, uh, like they were even running low on like rations and stuff. And their chapter master, Luft Huron, eventually was just like, screw you guys. Like, you're not helping me. And I've asked you time and again to help me out. Like, we're just going to secede. Like, you know, and initially they weren't going to go to chaos, but like they, they were just going to secede. And the Imperium was like, nah, that's not how this works. And so then they had like the whole bad ab like campaign, which was a big uh, Forge World campaign series for a while. It's actually one of the oldest campaign series because the bad ab wars were a thing back in like first edition like yeah, way way back to say that's they, super bad they retconned it a number of times into what it is now but left huron and the astral claws became the red corsairs over time and kind of playing on the fact that they were small and didn't have a whole lot of stuff uh as far as like materials and fleets and like they became pirates so they now go from system to system and launch crusades from the the eye of terror and they pillage and steal and take and they're just they're space pirates and they're super cool mm-hmm. and like their their uh current play style is like they're the advanced and charge guys uh they have some really cool stratagems about like stopping your reinforcements from coming into play and uh, hit and run tactics. Like you can charge in fight and then leave before your, uh, your opponent can fight you. And their secondary is really cool. Uh, It's not the best secondary, but thematically it's really neat because you go and you capture an objective and you get a token. And that's like representative of your guys, like stealing stuff from the enemy and if that unit with the token is still alive, and you get points at the end of the game. And if they make it back to your deployment zone, you get more points. So you're like you're going out and you're stealing and you're like bringing it back to your base. Like that's I their love that thing. I kind of I kind of think of like them entering the warp and they just happen to see like a raiding party from the Dark Eldar. And I imagine like that Spider Man meme where they point at each other. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is they were killed down when they were still the Astro Cause before. They got killed down to like what 200, 300 dudes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and, and Left Huron um almost died. He's like fully half cybernetic and he's held together with chaos, magic, and hate. Especially uh, <laughs> green cat, <laughs> which is kind of fun. Uh he's got like a, a warp cat. Uh and I forget what it's called, but it's like this little gross, hairless cat creature from the warp, and it lets him cast psychic powers. Um, and he's, he's just he's right. angry I guy. Specifically, the first guy in the game to have a familiar that wasn't even before familiars existed. So yeah, it's like he's just a really interesting character all around. He's like the like one a- uh, chaos lord that can he he has like the the stones to stand up to Abaddon. He gave him a blackstone fortress. Yeah. Like Abaddon literally gave him a Blackstone Fortress because he was like, "You guys are badass. I like the cut of that guy's yeah, jib." Kid. <laughs> the president, the president of GW, was just looking over all the lore riders, and they're all in a big crowd. He's like, "All right, guys, who wrote this? Seriously, like a pirate with a cat? The guy, there's a guy with an eye patch with like a cat shirt on. They're like, damn it, Steve.'" 
he also talks an insane amount of shit. Like two people like Abaddon too. It's like crazy. It's just like he gives zero fuck. Like none. Absolutely not given. <laughs> yeah, he's so cool. I um his model got discontinued, and I recently made my own out of uh I forget the name, but there was a a Horus Heresy character, and I took the old model and kid bash it with the new that that Horus Heresy guy because the scale is ever so slightly larger. Nice. And um I forget where I got it from. I think it was from this other fantasy game, but there a tiny little cat, like a little plastic cat miniature that was in scale. And so now I actually do have a little cat on his base to represent his little guy that lets him cast psychic powers. I love that. I love that a lot. You need to get there's a cat that comes with the the Eldar chick too, the one that like is the Yunari caster, Yvrain. Yvrain. She has a little cat familiar. She also has a giant base for her cloak. (laughs) Tiny model, giant cloak. She's in a wedding dress, basically. Yeah, but silly. Well, let's let's tell people what to. What would be your go to books slash codices, whatever books? What what would you say were your top go tos if you were going to learn about chaos right now? Um, I gotta say the Black Legion duology. I've I've mentioned it a couple of times before, and it really is as far as like current era chaos space marine stuff. Like that's my that's my go to as far as like stories are concerned for a couple of really important reasons. So one of the points I brought up earlier was that you you need more in a villain than just like I'm evil. Meh. Like that's fine for a one-off character, but uh, kind of like Thanos from the Marvel movies. Like the reason he's compelling is because he's, he's not just evil, but he's three dimensional as a character. He has these motivations and beyond that, those motivations are somewhat sympathetic. Like you can kind of see why he's doing what he's doing and maybe even agree with him in some weird way, right? Like, you know that what he's doing is wrong, but like he's, doing it for these compelling reasons. And I like the black Legion books because of that, because it's like, why is Abaddon doing what he's doing? Why are these guys doing what they're doing? And it's because of like these very compelling reasons. And these are people, they are characters. Like they have humanity and they're three dimensional. Like they have emotions. And um, also there's, there's brevity in these books. So you know, we refer to 40K like the novels and stuff a lot as like bolter porn, right? <laughs> a lot of them are. Like, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of these books are pretty much trash. Like they're popcorn trash and we eat them up and it's it's fine. But um, one of the reasons that I really like the Black Legion books is because you get these moments where you see these guys and like they have these very human moments of just like joking with one another. And it just adds to that, you know, three-dimensionality of these characters. Um, and, like, the reason I call, like, that one era of of Abaddon's, like, the Moonshine era is it's kind of a joke. But, like, that's where they find Abaddon is Iskandar Kaon and his his two guys uh, that he's with on this, this adventure to go find Abaddon. They find the Vengeful Spirit, and it's crashed into an asteroid 
it's like scuttled basically. And they go and they find Abaddon and it's like his, his man cave. He's just been hanging out in the warp for thousands of years. Uh, he's been doing some hunting. He's got some hunting trophies. Uh, he's been doing some science. He's like dabbled in some science stuff. And uh, he's like, Oh yeah, this stuff. And he's like, it's one of my experiments. Like I distilled demonic ectoplasm uh, into this liquid because, you know, as an Astartes, it's really hard to like get drunk because he was, he was like depressed for a really long time. <laughs> and so he's like, yeah, try it. You know? So he made demon moonshine. Oh, I love vile, that. Uh, like Iskandar Kayon is kind of the sophisticated, you know, thousand sun pinky out kind of guy. Um, and he's like, Oh my God, this is terrible. But then like the other guy he's with is a world eater and it like hits you like a truck. Uh, even as an Astartes and the world leaders like, this is great. I want more of this. <laughs> so then they talk about what he's been up to. And so he's just been like drinking his demon moonshine, staring into the Astronomicon day in and day out to the point where it's turned his eyes gold. And he's got all this like astral wisdom now. And yeah, and they're like, dude, you got to like shave and get a haircut and like get your armor back on. Like we got shit to do. Let's go. I love it. You know, we're, you know what? We're ending on that because there's right, no better way than literally uh, in them showing up like Mega Mind looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you saved that. That is that is the best way. To do it, but th- thanks for coming on, man. It's always great to have you on. We're gonna have to get you on for some more stuff down the road for sure. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where, where people can find you other than uh, here on the show? Yeah, so I'm one of the co-hosts of the Long Word Podcast. Uh, one of the funnest podcast you know like no offense to you guys but uh yeah we do that every week uh we do it live every thursday on twitch.tv slash long war tv um and uh health stuff aside i do usually stream on twitch for live painting tutorials under the jack of clubs painting brand definitely check out uh white's paint stuff you can pretty much just google white uh turk and uh, look up his uh some of his chaos space marines i'm sure they're all over the internet so if you if you see him at an event go check out his stuff it's very nice awesome thanks for joining us white yeah thanks for having me guys it's a lot of fun all right everybody join us in two weeks for our final episode of the season give us an outro come on man play give us the the bang we're here for the showmanship of the launch Make sure to check out our other products. We are available at Patreon. Our Patreon is Blake Law Studios. Go and subscribe. Give us money. Help support this show. This is all free, but it's not free for us. We have to pay all of our people, all the edits. I got to pay Brad and Bananas. There's all kinds of things we have to do out here. So go check us out. Give us your love. And check out all the other content we have over at Blake Law Studios. Patreon. That's what I'm talking about. That's the juice. Good afternoon, good evening, and good morning. Fluffy DOG is created in affiliation with Death to Glory Gaming. This show is produced by Blake Law Studios. Go and show your support at Blake Law Studios' Patreon page. Our editor is Seamus Rowan. Opening song was also created by Seamus Rowan.